Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a real fun one for you today. I don't know how we're going to fit this into a short 20-minute episode, but we are literally 15 minutes removed from the Blues 5-4 victory over the San Jose Sharks. The game just ended and Tommy and I immediately hopped on to record because that game was way too fun not to. Um, I... Dude, who knows? I feel like I'm about to explode, one. man. Honestly, I Mike Hoffa so gets his energy. first goal. Yeah, Mike Hoffa gets his first goal as a blue. Justin Falk with two great goals. Jordan Cairo looks like the best player on the ice. Uh, whew, where do we even start, Tommy? I mean, I guess before we get into the game, let's just break it down. Um, so the first period, the Blues looked honestly really good. They played really, really well. Um, but Devin Dubnik stood on his head and and really shut the door. And the Sharks went up two nothing. Uh, one of them being on a power play goal. So coming out of the first, I was a little nervous. You know, the Blues played really, really well. They played a lot better than they played in any period against Colorado in Game Two, but still were down two zero. So I was, I was admittedly pretty, pretty nervous. But yeah, uh, I was nervous as well. That that first period, it really felt like I, I don't know. There was a lot of turnovers and a lot of giveaways in the Blues game, but also at the same time, you look at the stat sheet, uh, and I think the shots at that time were like fourteen to seven or something like that. So you gotta, you gotta feel like the levy's gonna break there at some point. Um, but Dubnik was actually standing on his head and I feel like the Blues always struggle against him so that was not a good sign uh, early on and then the power play goal felt like the, the straw that could potentially break the camel's back uh, if that game if that game went three nothing instead of two nothing we could be looking at a whole different ball game but thankfully it did not go that way and then heading into the second period uh, the Blues took a penalty like right away and and, and that's when I, I got real nervous you know uh, scooch forward in my seat and said like damn if, if like Tom he said if the, if the Blues give up a goal here it's game over and uh, I felt bad too he, because I was like I was tweeting out I was like Justin Falk's having a pretty good game so far looks like he he's takes buzzing a dumb penalty. yeah right right to start it off and I was like god like did I just jinx the dude no kidding like he's got a great mustache going in uh, fantastic look looked like one of the characters from Red Dead Redemption kind of old style boy <laughs> um, and next thing you know he's taking a dumb penalty I'm like damn I really screwed up this dude's game and then right after that yep. he just comes down and Hots one. Just an absolute snipe right past Dubnik, and they're off and running. Great heads up play from someone. I don't know if it was Barbashev or someone else, but uh, he was literally looking about for him. A, a, um, um, Well, at first, he was about like a, a one muscle flinch away from dumping that puck down the ice. And then all of a sudden, last minute, he kind of shifted gears and laid a beautiful pass on the tape of Justin Falk, who fired it. Tarasenko-esque wrister uh, past Dubnik. It was. It, it was it was it was a rocket. Um and then literally a minute and a half later, Colton Pareko rips one from the point and Mike Hoffman with a gorgeous tip uh, to beat Dubnik to make it two two and all of a sudden it's a brand new game. Um Later on, Brent Burns. I think it was a minute twenty-five in between both of those goals. But really, dude, I mean, you talk about you talk about a oh a hell of a game from Justin Falk. We'll get into it too. But um, you go from wanting the guy to get out of town and go to 
uh, Seattle to looking like this. I mean, everyone talked about how his contract was terrible and all these things. You got to get rid of it. If he plays like this for the foreseeable future, which you got to think at some point uh, because of his play in the bubble and how well he played there after he scored. If he, if he's, he's already scored in game three, right? So that confidence should continue. And he feel, it felt like he, we were watching a different player uh, after he started firing those pucks on net. I think eight shots on goal for the game for Justin Falk. I want to see 12 next game because he's, he's one of the guys we talked about being one of those needle players. He's carrying this team right now in terms of production, um, especially from the defensive zone. We thought guys like Tory Cruz, Colton Pareko stepped up. Justin Falk is playing out of his mind hockey right now. If he plays like this for the whole season, there's no way you can send this guy off to Seattle. Not a chance. Things weren't uh, things weren't too too smooth sailing just yet. Um, Blues gave up another dumb penalty, and Brent Burns capitalized, but the Sharks up three to two. And once again, I was like, oh shit, the Blues are once again going to let this game slip away because they're still falling into the same traps they fell into in that Colorado game. And then Braden, said, Braden Shen said, hey, shut up. And two minutes later, scored on a goal after, off of a beautiful pass from Jordan Cairo, uh, made Eric Carlson look silly. And then just five minutes after that, Justin Falk comes out and scores again to give the Blues a lead off of a nice tip uh, from David Perron. Might have been accidental, might have been on purpose. Uh, for the sake of style, we'll say uh, Justin Falk did it on purpose, but uh, I'm not I'm not too sure on that one. But yeah, all of a sudden, Blues are coming in, heading into the third period with a 4-3 lead, and things are looking real good. I think that second period was massive for the Blues, especially getting those that first goal that went in. You could t- kind of tell the wheels start churning, uh, and the Best ball starts of the season. Yeah, and the ball starts rolling uh, in their favor, and lo and behold, a minute 30 later, uh, they tie the game. And I think I think at that point, every Blues fan was thinking oh, they're screwed now. We got all the momentum. Tied the game up and the San Jose team can't battle back. And we were too much of a force to be reckoned with. Even with a lot of our players, it still felt like they weren't playing up to their highest potential. But Justin Falk and Jordan Kyrie were definitely some absolute studs in this game. We gotta we get we gotta talk about Jordan Kyrie after oh, the break because I'm I think we're dedicating oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna dedicate the whole second segment of the show to Jordan Kyrie. Um but uh Logan Couture, the blues worst enemy, came out and tied the game at four a couple minutes into the third period. Man, Logan Couture seems to score on us all the damn time. Every time. I don't know um, what it is. <laughs> he must just love playing against the blue note. But then later on in the period, you know, about halfway through, nothing really going on. Sort of just been in the neutral zone for the, for a few minutes here and there. No team really has captured momentum. It's a tight game. Tori Krug slides the puck over to Colton Pareko. Pareko slides it up to Jordan Cairo. And then next thing you know, Cairo's making a move, gets past his man, gets in a little space. Um, I, once again, I hate to compare it to Tarasenko again, but it kind of reminds me of his little his little outside in move to get space in the center. Um, next thing you know, he's got a wide open shooting lane, fires it over the shoulder of Dubnik to go up five four, and that stood to be the game winning goal. Um, I said it at the beginning of the episode; it might have slipped by, but I will say it again, and I will you know say it adamantly i think jordan cairo is the best player on the ice for st louis tonight um whether it be you know his assist his goal or maybe the most underrated and important play of the night his back check there late in the third period giving up an odd man rush um vince dunn was out of position and jordan cairo hustles his ass off goes down to break up the play i thought it was vince dunn at first when that happened i saw the two on the front of the jersey i'm like that's a good defensive play done and all of a sudden i saw two five i'm like cairo defense oh baby he's a complete player now 
Um, oh, but before we before we ramble on into that tangent, because I know I, I'm going to pop so much off to talk baby. about, oh I know we're going to have so much to talk about. If I'm you like a coiled wheel, spring right now, just ready to. If you want to get if you want to get some wheels like Jordan Cairo or tires for your car. There's only one place, and that's rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning uh, and wait while the counterman orders whatever parts are specific to his shop that's going to make him the most money? Uh, and, and, and you just don't want to deal with that, especially during a pandemic. Uh, right now, you have access to rockauto.com on your computer and on your phone. So there's no reason to check to go to those in-person chain stores anymore. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and we'll be right back with uh the the jordan Kyrie segment of this episode all right real quick real quick before we before we get into get into the individual players just to just to recap blues win 5-4 outshot the sharks 33-26 uh sharks have a face-off advantage 53 percent to 48 percent which doesn't equal 100 but don't worry about it uh thanks nhl.com sharks with two, th- two for three on the power play so still special teams really really poor for the blues two for three on the penalty or one for three on the penalty kill and oh for three on the power play uh, out hit the Sharks 12 to 8, so it wasn't really too physical of a game. Sharks had more block shots, but again, not a whole lot there. Blues only had one giveaway compared to the Sharks 5, so Blues definitely protected the puck and stopped puck watching. Now, Tommy, the moment you've been waiting for. Holy shit, Jordan Kyrie is the best player in the world. Let me preface this conversation by saying what do we talk about at the beginning of this offseason and kind of transitioning into once we got Mike Hoffman and this team as it stood, what did we say? It's going to be less of a defensive team than we've seen before and more offensive based. And I think the score uh, is very indicative of that. There's going to be a lot of games, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of games that end up 5-4. Uh, it's not going to be shutouts and 2-1 to victories every night. Uh, but that, in my opinion, that was a very entertaining game to watch. And one of the main reasons that was so entertaining to watch was because we got to see the breakout or the start of a breakout, of an NHL superstar. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last couple of episodes, back like a week or two ago, I said Jordan Kyra would be a superstar. So let's go over the things that make an NHL superstar. You've got a player with silky mitts, right? We saw that on his chance against uh, Devin Dubnik all alone. Devin Dubnik has to tackle him to make the save. Otherwise, I think he pots that one as well. An NHL superstar has elite speed. On his assist to Shen, he flies down the wing past Eric Carlson, who is, by some measures in the league, you could make the argument right now, but a top 10, top 20 NHL defenseman, especially in terms of skate speed. An NHL superstar also has an elite shot. Now, I feel like that's been one of the biggest question marks about Jordan Cairo is obviously he's very good at finishing on the breakaway, utilizing that speed and those hands to beat the goalies, but can he beat 
goalies from distance. What does he do tonight? Goes out and looks like David Perron with a little toe drag before the wrister and goes top titty. See you later. So in my opinion, there's nothing else for Jordan Kyrie to prove because what what else did they say? He's too small, never make it in the league, puts on 10 pounds in the offseason. He's not going to be able to back check. He's not a defensive player. What do he do tonight? One of the best defensive forwards on the team. There's nothing else for Jordan Kyrie to prove. It's just him going out and doing it consistently every single night. And I feel like this season we're going to see that night in and night out. I'm going to name you some stats, all right? So uh, this player uh, led the team in points, or tied for first in points. Tied for first in forward plus minus. Second in shots on goal for forwards. And he led the entire team in takeaways with three. Who would that player be, Tommy? You know, if I had to guess, just going off of his play alone, defensively and offensively, it'd have to be superstar Jordan Cairo. Yeah, and I think you, uh, I think you forgot one little aspect when you're talking about NHL superstar. An NHL superstar is dominant at both ends of the ice and in the clutch. Right? Does Jordan Cairo have two game-winning goals? Oh, he does. Does Jordan Cairo have 100% of the Blues game winning goals? He does. Did Jordan Cairo make the biggest defensive play of the night, uh, breaking up a two-on-one after a turnover by Vince Dunn, leaving Vince Dunn, one of the defensemen, uh, in the offensive zone, scrambling? He did. He looked like DK Metcalf on that play. Chasing down the Dude. chasing down, and that's the, what I said when people were like, "Oh, he's he doesn't have the skill set to be valid defensively because he's not big and physical, and he's not going to like beat guys that way." But just having the foot speed alone to like get in those passing lanes when guys don't expect you to be there, I think you can be valuable defensively in that regard. Connor McDavid does it all the time. I'm not saying Jordan Cairo is the same foot speed as Connor McDavid, but it's the same kind of thought process, right? I feel like he got a lot of interceptions tonight because of that. I don't think we're going to see that line throughout the entire year just knowing Craig Bruby and knowing how he sort of shuffles up the lines in order to keep things fresh but the chemistry between uh Ky- it was Kyrie Shannon Schwartz correct yes yeah so the chemistry between those three uh was was unreal you know you add got the two Shannon Schwartz who already have tremendous chemistry maybe the best on the team um from what we've seen in the past, then you add a guy like Jordan Cairo, who not only fits in perfectly, but elevates that line to a completely different level. Um, I, this is your best to, line of the night by a long shot. I'd love to see sort of the, the possession stats and see how much offense that line drove, but it just seemed like every single time they were on the ice, um, they were making plays happen in the offensive zone. It felt like it felt like watching a Bruins game against that deadly top line of Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak when every single time they're on the ice, the puck's in the offensive zone for their entire shift. It, fe- it felt like watching one of those lines, you know, one of those ones where if you're the opposition and you see those three guys jump over the boards, you go, oh shit, uh, this is going to be this is going to be a tough minute and a half. Uh, and, and, and I think that was completely created by the addition of Jordan Cairo to that line. I think he was not only the best player on that line, but I've said it before, I'll say it again, the best player on the ice for the Blues tonight. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like when you when you start getting those butterflies, you're like, okay, there's Schwartz, there's Shen, where's Jordan? There he is, oh my God. And then you're just like watching intently to see what kind of highlight reel pass or shot or scoring chance uh, they cook up this time. But, but dude, oh man. I feel like a lot of times as Blues fans, we get that kind of feeling when Vladdy's on the ice, but not necessarily an entire line. Line. That whole line, dude, I was like, they're just creating some magic tonight. Uh, so there's there's no way you can't go back to that line in some regard. 
Uh, can you imagine time? how annoyingly frustrating that line is to play against? Not only do you have three dynamic offensive stars who are super fast, super good handling the puck, but you also got three guys who are just absolute pests defensively. Jaden Schwartz and Jordan Cairo tonight were, were monsters on the boards, you know, winning every puck battle, chasing guys down, lifting sticks. Like, not your traditional Ryan O'Reilly, just right place, right time. They're, they're being annoying about it. You know, on the back check, lifting sticks and all of a sudden oh puck's mine and now i'm going all the way down the other end it, it's stuff like that that just not only is, is you know obviously really good to have but it frustrates opponents and i think that's uh, like we always say the blues are at their best when they're frustrating their opponents and i think this is almost an, a new a new way for them to frustrate opponents normally it's been you know sort of big physical guys and you know, just getting in shot lanes getting in passing lanes not really leaving a lot of space this is different the the, the sharks players thought they had space thought they had time and the next thing you know Jaden schwartz braden shen or jordan Cairo lifted their stick and all of a sudden odd man rushed the other way so you this team is is throwing a lot of different a lot of different uh styles at their opponents and and, and I, night in night out based on who you're playing you can really rely heavily on one style or another and the the speed game was was there for the blues tonight and they relied on that second or honestly first line to to drive play and it worked wonderfully in terms of like matching up against like an opposing team and their coach making decisions like how are we going to handle this line uh you can try to outrace them if you want to it's going to be hard to do with a guy like jordan cairo and a guy's defensively sound and fast and just balanced all around in terms of a hockey player and Jaden Schwartz. Like Craig Berube said before, he just makes any line he's on that much better. So then you go, okay, well, we're just, we'll just run them in the boards and beat them with physicality. And then what do they have to do? Face the calling card of a beast and um, <laughs> Brayden Shen. Like there's no way, there's no way you can uh, match up against this line. They're stacked in every aspect. Honestly, it might it might be time to to put in some put in a, a few bets for uh, Jordan Kyrie winning that Hart Trophy. Yeah, you know, it's not a bad the, idea. The season gone, and you know, you know, Tommy, where do you think where do you think we should do that if we were to if we were to put a little money on it? You gotta go to betonline.ag and get that welcome bonus, fifty percent. Free money. Yes, sir. So right now, the hockey season is getting into full swing. Football season's winding down, but there are some big, big, big games coming up. Obviously, conference championship, Super Bowl awards are coming out for the for the NFL as well, uh, as well as college basketball still going on. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Visit betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on. You'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Whatever your sports betting needs are, bet online. .ag has you covered. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Remember, sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and we'll be right back with the final segment of today's episode. All right, Tommy, I know you want to spend the next 45 minutes talking about Jordan Cairo, and I do too. I do too. (laughs) But it would be an injustice if we didn't spend the last segment talking about another guy. Um, And I think Mike Hoffman himself said it best in a quote that just came out from Jeremy Jeremy Rutherford. Um, Mike Hoffman was asked about Justin Falk and and whether or not that was the, the player he remembered playing against so much in the East. Um, and Mike Hoffman said, yeah, that's the player I remember. He was a great player in Carolina. We saw him a bunch. And then he, he finishes with something that, you know, I guess kind of kind of disputes what I've been saying all, all episode, but still big words. Mike Hoffman says about Justin Falk, he was probably the best player on the ice tonight on either team. He definitely stepped up 
stepped up and help us win a big game. So, yeah, I mean, for as much praise as we're having for Jordan Cairo, Justin Falk, you know, Mike Hoffman said he was the best player on the ice. Justin Falk had just a good, as good of a game, if not better. Um, and and it, that's everything we've needed to see from him. He showed in this game. Yeah, he's firing on all cylinders. And I know I talked about it in like the first period, but really what what stood out to me in that first period was not his offensive game. Uh, It was his defensive game because I know a lot of people get upset about him throwing pizzas into the middle of the ice or not marking his man or what have you. Um, But I remember there was one sequence in particular uh, that Justin Falk was was on his side, bodied his man, uh, forced the puck back into the neutral zone. The Blues went for a line change. The puck came right back in. Justin Falk was on the far side going to the bench. So he ended up on the left side of the boards and stopped the puck from going in again and sent it back out into the neutral zone so they could finish the shift. So I think just in terms, not just in terms of obviously the guy scored two goals. He was on Hattie watch. So he had a fantastic game, right? But in defensive play too, I feel like he just kind of brought what the Blues expected from him when they offered uh, Dominic Bach in that whole trade package uh, and a contract to go with it afterwards. They expected an all-star caliber defenseman uh, that could potentially quarterback the power play. And I think next game where he's going to get the chance to do that just because like, there's no way you can not give him that opportunity, right? Given the fact that the blues have been so detrimental on the power play. And it seems like they can't really put anything together, no matter what kind of pieces they move around and how well Justin Falk played tonight. There's no way you can't put him with the man advantage in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, how about that huge hit he threw as well? Dude, he's doing everything by far. Yeah, he's doing everything. Um, he and the muzzy, really my God, the mustache was amazing. The mustache is, it, it's it's don't even don't even get me started. It's it's ridiculous. When he was when he was in the penalty box and they just zoomed in on his face. Oh mm-hmm. man, good old lip tickler. Oh, I don't I don't know I don't like that one. I like it. I don't like that one. I don't, you don't like that, that one. <laughs> makes me uncomfy. <laughs> Oh God! Thank thank God they won that game, man. This would be a t- completely different vibe if if they were coming off of the loss. Honestly, um, though, like even if they lost that game, I still have been hyped about Kyron Falk. Yeah. So I think yeah, no, but and we talked about we talked like I know I said it earlier in the pod. There's a lot of people on this team that could potentially move that needle and lead them to a Stanley Cup championship. And we talked about Justin Falk being one of those guys. We talked about Jordan Cairo being one of those guys. We're still waiting on Colton Pareko kind of to get his feet settled. I don't think he's been playing awful, but I don't think he's been playing to the expectations that everyone had for him when they gave him the A. Uh, we're still waiting on that Tory Krug goal. I think it's going to happen at some point, especially once they figure it out on the power play. But there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot of potential for this team to get even better than we saw tonight and even more exciting than we saw tonight. And I can't wait to experience it all with you guys here on the Locked on Blues podcast five times a week, 5 a.m. every day, every weekday. Can only catch it here. Yeah, I and mean, just to just to wrap this one up, I mean, I think this was uh, this was officially the breakout game for Jordan Cairo. I think he's ascended. I think we kind of saw it throughout the first few games that he looked like a different player, but I think this is the first time. And like we've always said, Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas – um, have always had all the tools. It's just been that getting that point production has been the one thing that's lacking. And, you know, not to take away from George, uh, Robert Thomas, but Jordan Kyra seems to have figured that out. And then some. Uh, he looks confident. He looks skilled as hell. He looks like he belongs in this league. He looks like a, you know, he looks like a grizzled veteran out there um, with the way he's playing. And he also looks. And he passed at- up on a scoring opportunity, too. 
he passed off when he beat his man. I know a lot of people wanted him to shoot there, uh, but the same conversation. Yeah, yeah, but the same conversations were had about Robert Thomas when he first came in, right? It's like obviously he's a great passer and he's always looking past first, but there's sometimes he needs to fire that wrister. So what does he do? Fires a wrister, game seven, Pat Maroon slots it, and we go on to the Stanley Cup final. So <laughs> all I'm saying is uh Jordan Cairo has the same kind of impact, and right now it feels I get the same kind of excitement I would get in watching Jordan Cairo as I did in Robert Thomas. But I feel like Jordan Cairo has that finishing ability and that goal scoring ability. Not necessarily that Robert Thomas doesn't have, um, but I think it's a heightened version of what Robert Thomas has. And I think that's why he has the capabilities of being an NHL superstar. Not that Robert Thomas doesn't, but I mean, watching that tandem go to work night in and night out for the next however long, 10, 15 years. Good night. Thanks for playing. Yeah. And I think, um, excluding Robert Thomas, you know, and I think it, it sort of Robert Thomas, I necessarily wasn't as excited about him just because I, the, my expectations were already so high. I don't think I've been as excited about a young player for this team since since Vladimir Tarasenko, since when I first started watching. And, and he, he just looked like something special every single time he touched the ice. And again, world beater. From Robert Thomas, right. Not to take away from Robert Thomas because the expectations were so high on him, it was almost impossible to be excited because he, he, he fulfilled those expectations and you know, almost unfairly to him, I was like, yeah, as you should. Good job. But Jordan Cairo, you know, was a little, was a bit of a question mark coming into the year. You know, did he fit Ruby's system? Um, what, could he be, could he take that next step and be a big player for the team or we continue to kind of drift around the bottom, bottom six forwards and who knows, potentially leave to Seattle? Those were all questions coming into the season. But I think three games in, um, he has proved all the doubters wrong and, and proved that he has a long-term spot on this team and in this lineup and high up in this lineup as well. I'm really excited. Uh, and yeah, so and we're going to continue to talk about Jordan Cairo, I'm sure, throughout the rest of, this, rest of this week. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to so you never miss an upload. Like Tommy said, we are going to a 5 a.m. upload schedule every single day that we upload. So five days a week, whether that's Monday through Friday or we get a weekend episode in there every once in a while. It will be 5 a.m. hot and ready for you. Little Caesars. I'm excited for that. Uh, we got another Sharks game coming up soon. We're going we're gonna to cover that. We're going to do a preview um, for the next episode. And then we're going to be doing another game reaction afterwards. Uh, so let's hope it goes as well as this one. Uh, but yeah, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. Follow Tommy on t- Twitter at Twelcher15. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.